0: insights, unpredictable conversations, encouragement for your day. It's the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio.
1: I got a fever and the only prescription is more Patrick Madrid. Come on!
2: I like that guy. 888-914-9149. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about Relevant Radio. Tell them about this program. I'd sure appreciate that. Let them know about the Relevant Radio app. Doesn't matter where you're from. Are you from Mexico? Are you from the Philippines? Are you from Ushuaia in uh, Argentina? I know we have at least one listener there. Shout out, Andrea. Wherever you're from, tell your people back home about the relevant radio app. We'll get them listening, too. Let's go to Vallejo now and talk to Ed. Good morning, Ed. Welcome. Good morning, Patrick. Um, I just uh,
3: um, I just feel if we could f- find some good government people down there that aren't afraid and we could work with them and send some people down there to get rid of these cartels mm-hmm. that seems to be the big problem um, my friend from el salvador said the new president this is what he said and i believe him down in el salvador mm-hmm. they clamped down on those sr-13 gangs and they're really they sure, did. <laughs> said, they sure did they sure did yeah he said el Salvador's doing a lot better so i don't i know that's not right you know I. but i see that they're coming up here i don't blame people they're suffering they're You know, they'll kill your children, for God's sake.
2: And no, they're not human beings. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. I I don't want to misunderstand you. Um, So please, could you clarify what you mean? Who's not a human being? What are we talking about?
3: No, I meant the cartels, the evil. I shouldn't say that. I apologize. I know they're God's children, and we have to pray for everyone and pray for their souls. I'm sorry.
2: No, no, okay, Okay. don't be sorry. I just wanted to make sure I understood who you're referring to. And I would agree, those guys are really bad and they need to be locked up if that's the life they want to live we think we need to lock them up cuz they're murdering people left and right and destroying their their country right. so i'm all in favor of seeing those guys go, get put away
3: so i just wish we could work with someone down there and send i know send some of our people down there and clean them out i mean i know that it's not easy but if there seems to be the biggest the big problem what's going on
2: I remember. I don't know. Lots
3: maybe, of... maybe I'm
2: wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the the stories about General Pershing of the U.S. Army on the Mexican border with um, Pancho Villa running around? Uh, actually, Pancho Villa and some of his soldiers they crossed into the United States and killed Americans. And so the U.S. government sent General John Pershing down there into Mexico with you know a whole contingent of American troops to go put a stop to that. So that was like the cartel in those days, around the turn of the 19th into the 20th century. And we've done that before. I'm not advocating that we necessarily do it today. I don't know if it's possible to do it nowadays, but we've done it before and they sent Pershing in there to, to try to wipe out what was going on on the border. So it's an historical... Precedent, in other words, it's been done before. I just don't know if we could do that again, the way things are now.
3: You know, I understand, you're probably right. It's just, you know, it's just, I feel bad for what the people have to suffer down there because of these guys, you know, and what we have to suffer, them pushing their drugs and and everything up here, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, maybe that's not a good idea. (laughs)
2: Sorry. I don't know. It's it's hard to know what's the right thing to do, but I know what's the wrong thing to do, Ed, and that is to not let your border or to let your border be open and to not guard it, yeah, no, and that. to not protect. That's bad. And I don't want to see that happen.
3: No, I agree totally with you. I'm just trying to figure ways to help people and mm-hmm. help us. This government's got to go. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I can't wait to vote.
2: Government's come and they go that's for sure so I hope that better days are ahead I don't know what that looks like honestly I really don't but I'm with you Ed. I, I I hope things do get better and thank you I have a note here this comes in from <laughs> this comes in from Miriam and she's listening in Modesto California she writes in about the border she says i'm I am from Mexico I've lived in California for twenty five years. I agree with the need of borders and in the right of doing whatever necessary to guarantee the safety of their people. I only want to point out some things that you seem to have wrong or, or are missing. This is to me, she's saying, according to what I know from living in Mexico, being an immigrant and living among immigrants for 25 years, and most of my family is still living there, I can assure you of a couple of things. I do not believe AMLO. Since in their bullet points here, since I can remember people from Central America have been crossing Mexican southern borders illegally, some come to the U.S., some stay illegally in Mexico. Sure, there are laws that are somewhat enforced, but it's in no way controlled. I'll say it is very similar to the situation as we have here with our borders. I can guarantee you most people crossing U.S. borders are people who have already illegally crossed Mexican borders. Okay. Uh, She says, I agree something has to be done to try to fix the status of people here and to help those trying to come here legally, but I don't know if it's even possible. That's an open question. She says, most people crossing don't pay the thousands of dollars to cross the border. They just usually get loans from wherever they can. Um, she says all kinds of people cross the border, good and bad. But in my experience, most immigrants are good people. And she says, unfortunately, the current system makes it very difficult for people to come into the country legally. I know people who have been trying for a long time. And lastly, she says, once again, I do not believe AMLO. <laughs> not You're not a fan of AMLO. I get it. Um, not that I am, but he's the guy in power right now. And uh, she says, Thank you for what you do on the show. Well, I appreciate that, Miriam. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Mary in Edinburgh, Texas. Good morning, Mary.
0: Good morning, Patrick. I'm calling, I am the wife of a retired Border Patrol agent, and I do okay. live uh, right on the border here in Texas in the Rio okay. Grande Valley, if you're familiar with that. and I am. Yeah. Uh,
2: Mission, Texas. Okay. Is that in your area?
0: Yes, that is actually where my husband was born. um and so uh, yeah we've lived here all our lives he worked uh 38 years with uh in his career and retired and we are great supporters of border security and uh did not vote in this administration for one and uh however uh we have uh discussed and seen what uh the texas government is doing and i don't agree that they should have prohibited Border Patrol agents from entering the area where they had the razor wire. I think that Mm -hmm. was not a good way to approach the situation. I understand what the governor might be feeling. Are
2: you referring to when the Border Patrol was given orders to cut the razor wire and remove the barriers? Is that what you mean? Okay.
0: Right. And there was a specific, I believe it's a park area, that they Mm -hmm. were not allowed to, they fenced and were not allowed to enter. By mm-hmm. state agencies, and I mean mm-hmm. that's wrong because they they work together and they work really well together.
2: Apparently, and, they weren't uh, that. We're, we're they? not
0: in that area.
2: They weren't working together then. Well, what I mean is, well, it's exactly- great when the agencies do cooperate and work together because we should be all in the same team. But that's what was so weird about that to me, Mary, was that you had the state authorities that. Well, actually, no. You had the federal authorities who are coming in and undoing the measures that were taken by the state authorities. And then the state authorities now are, are, like you pointed out, they're keeping the federal authorities out. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster um, to have them at each other's, to have them at odds that way. And I'll bet you, and maybe your husband would have a real insight on this and you too, I'll bet you that all these guys from all the different agencies, they want to cooperate, they want to coordinate but when you have conflicting and competing directives coming from on high, you have to obey the directives. And and there's now a conflict between the federal government and the state government. I, I don't see how this gets resolved. I mean, I don't want to see right. it go to a civil war, obviously. God forbid. But what would you recommend? I mean, if the federal well, government is, is unwilling...
0: That, uh... I know, and I I can tell you from my, um, my husband's perspective. Yeah, he could have. It's optional, you know. Uh, he reached the age of where he could retire, and he could have stayed five more years, uh, and then he would have to uh, retire. He thought he was going to stick it out, and he only went to, And he said, "No, I'm done because, you know, there, uh, the administration does not allow uh, the agency to do its job."
2: Right. It is ideologically, you know,
0: babysit, it is,
2: yes, 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 I agree, I agree. That's the problem, is that you've got this leftist ideology that has hamstrung now the very agencies who are in place to uphold and, and uphold the law, enforce the law, and protect American citizens. Now, So now, what do you do? If you're the governor of the great state of Texas and you see this and you, you see the dereliction of duty because of ideolog- ideological reasons, if you're the governor of Texas, Mary, and your people are in danger, what do you do? You step in and you do what right. you need to do, right? I mean, I, that's what I see happening here.
0: Well, and truthfully, it, and I'm sorry to disagree on that point as far as I, that is one small part of the Texas-Mexico border. And it's become again like a political show, where the governor is making a point, and I get it, and it's a good point to make.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's it's not solving the issue, and it's putting, you know, what gets played out in the media is not what's real live on the ground, from Brownfield to El Paso. And so, you know, the board of education like like are looking at what, what is like, not being reported. What it, it's looking like uh, Border Patrol agents are trying to circumvent what uh, the DPS, the Texas Department of Public Safety, is mm-hmm. doing, and it, it's not that way. Like I said, they work together. They work work really well from Brownsville to El Paso together, and they're playing on that one issue, and in a way, I wish that the governor would uh, not have done that, because it has placed that that point in people's minds that, oh, so now he's protecting uh, us more than, than Border Patrol is, and that's not the case.
2: I have a hard time believing okay. that. Based on everything, I mean, granted, you live there, your husband's a member of the Border Patrol, or he was, so I, I fully defer <laughs> to your, you know, firsthand experience. I don't think it's as simple as you're making it out to be, though. I mean, we have a real crisis on the border right now with people dying. I agree. And if the federal Uh, government, as Joe Biden has said, they want that, and the people who don't want that, who don't want illegal aliens coming through their backyard at all hours of the night, breaking into their homes, whatever, um, surely you would agree that something must be done to stop that from happening. And if the federal government won't do it, then it falls to the uh state government to do it. How can we not agree on that?
0: I agree. I agree that that should happen, but but logistically and financially, uh, the governor cannot protect El Paso to Brownsville. Is what I'm saying. They they're playing everything out in that one little area in that particular part of Eagle Pass, where they had had you know the, the biggest surge, I guess, over statistically or whatever, but. Hmm. And so it, be, it played out very big in the media and on TV and, you know, politically uh, uh, positive for, for the governor. And that's great. You know, I voted for him. I don't have any problem with him. But it's, that's not the issue. The issue is, like you say, they are not allowing federal agents to do what is on the books, the laws that are on the books. I've even heard there are laws. You know, my my thought is always there's been many, many times that uh, one party or the other has the majority in both houses, both Congress and, and the Senate. How is this such an issue that nobody ever has a bill ready to go from day one while they have control of both? They don't want to fix it. They don't want to fix it because they want it to continue to be the political football that they can keep picking Who's back they? and forth. Uh, Uh, the political both sides honestly i think both both political parties like to always have this issue to put forth back and forth back and forth
2: i don't i don't agree with that i mean i really don't um especially when you have people like greg abbott i mean who's saying i want to fix this and here's the way i'm going to go about doing it so hmm. well it's interesting Mary. i do appreciate your perspective i certainly do and uh, i'm glad you took time to call in today Food for thought. That's for sure. Thank you. Uh, how about Deacon Lewis in Minneapolis? Good morning, Deacon Lewis.
1: Uh, good morning, Patrick. Uh, my comment was really about um, the, the whole border thing as well. And I, okay. think, um, I think we've got to do as much as we can with um, cutting off the supply, which is really what this is all about. You know, the wall and everything else, all of it makes sense. I think the other thing that's not talked about. Supply of what?
2: Are we talking about drugs or what are we talking about?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The supply of drugs that are coming into this country. Right. You know, but, but obviously this is an economy. This is supply and demand economics. And the reason drugs are coming into this country is because there's money to be made because there's ever increasing demand. You know, we, the country, Mm -hmm. um, at least the users of it want the drugs. Otherwise, if there was no market, you know, so I think, yeah. I think that's a b- bigger solution that really has to do with people c- with conversion, you know,
2: yeah. By a- what would be something practical or th- what practical things if you could be, you know, the drugs are for a year or whatever, what, what would you do practically to, s- to start cutting off the demand?
1: Well, the demand, well, practically, I mean, I think there's a lot of societal issues, right? I mean, people are trying to fill voids that are there from not knowing Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, that's probably the biggest thing is we need, we need conversion. We need, you know, uh, people to come back to the faith. And,
2: uh, I'm with you, believe me, I, I agree with you hundred percent. So practically speaking, what could be done to start accomplishing that? How would we choke off the demand for the drugs?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big question that has to do with, Uh, so much related to schools and single parent families and a a bazillion other issues uh, over and above continuing to do what each one of us can do um, to make Jesus known and loved, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we each have our little world uh, that the Lord gives us right to be able to influence. And I think that's, that's the, um, the marching orders for us is to do what we can within our own uh, world to bring Jesus to others and, Lead people to encounter Jesus, right? And I think that's that's the principal thing. Um, I agree with go. you.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, no, 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 no. I agree with you. So let's take a particular Catholic. I mean, you're a Catholic deacon, I'm a Catholic radio host. Um, what about a Catholic governor? And his world is as the governor of the state of Texas, you know, what, what are your thoughts about what Governor Abbott is doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, this isn't an either or, or; it's a both and. I mean, I think he's doing what he needs to be doing because I think, I I think uh, he's trying to he's charged with the care of the people in Texas, and he has to do what he has to do to be able to address uh, uh, the imminent problem of people coming in in unbelievable numbers. I can't even imagine what it's like living uh, in some of these border towns and having this. Yeah. Influx of people. That it, it's just it, it's mind-boggling that uh, that this is going on. So I support him 100% in what he's trying to do. You know, mm-hmm. as I do the gentleman that called earlier about trying to do something more tactical to go after these uh, uh cartels that are operating seemingly with impunity. You know, that just you know, without mm-hmm. much there with. I mean, just with all the corruption that's going on, right? To be more yeah. aggressively. Pursuing those avenues, and so I agree. I agree with all those things. I, I just think there's this there's there's this whole demand side that uh, I mean the the far left, especially in the progressive movements, are you know it's it's sort of that whole thing where they they continue to do things that really fundamentally, at the end of the day, because it, it drives people away from faith and a religion and everything else. They're they're doing things that fundamentally is increasing demand. All the while, um, they're doing things to make sure the supply is as much is as, is as, um, you know, uh, available as, as possible, you know? So it's just, mm-hmm. both sides are being, uh, the, the way the government is managing this whole thing now. So,
2: yeah, let's hope for better days ahead. Um, the last Absolutely. thing I want to see, I'm sure you feel the same way Deacon Lewis is, I don't want to see an armed conflict between states, federal government. I mean, we've done that before. It didn't work. So let's not do it again. Thank you for your thoughtful insights. Thank you. I'll be right back.
4: Hey, looking for a new job? How about one that offers opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. An Illinois life insurance society not available in all states.
0: Welcome back to the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. (laughs) (laughs)
3: You
1: love it.
2: It doesn't sound
1: quite the same. Yeah, for how bad it
2: is, it's nothing compared to that, uh, the Titanic flute song. You so you found like a treasure trove of of funky flute songs. I did, yeah. It's That's just, great.
1: Yeah, some of them are are so bad that I I won't. I can't play
2: that. (laughs) Well, like you brought up earlier today, Cyrus, uh, the people who got actually angry with you for playing the, like the Toto Africa where it's like one beat off and one note off uh, out of key. Yes. And and you got some hate mail for that.
1: I did get hate mail. Like, never do that again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, you must do it again. So
1: therefore, yep, I'm saving it.
2: Hey, listen to this. This is a note from Robin. And she says, uh, I'm 22 years old, and I'd like your opinion about whether I should pursue grad school. And she gives a particular school in Florida. The school openly supports pride and trans rights and even has a medical branch that assists, quote unquote, fellow students who seek abortions. My gut feeling says that I shouldn't because I don't want my money going to support these things. Would it be sinful to go through with this? P.S. Big fan of your show and what you do. Relevant Radio, she says, played a big part of my conversion this past year. I was doubtful at first, but your book, Surprised by Truth, really helped. Well, thank you, Robin. Appreciate that. And welcome home. So glad to know that things worked out well for you. And thanks for listening to Relevant Radio. Yeah, I think you're on to something there. If you feel in your conscience and it's troubling you that if you were to go to all the trouble and spend all the money to get a degree from a decadent, socially irresponsible institution of higher learning, then I would follow your conscience. And, and I, I don't know that I would say it would be a sin if you did that, because you'd be doing it under protest. You you, didn't, you don't agree with the school's socially irresponsible policies and, and the bad things that they are standing in favor of. I mean, you live in this country— And you don't agree with, I I would think, some of the terrible, immoral policies of this country, like legalized abortion, for example. But it doesn't mean that you're committing a sin by living in this country. So, no, I don't think I would go as far as to say it would be sinful. But I would encourage you that since you're already unsettled in your conscience about this, which is why you're writing to me in the first place, I would look around and find other opportunities. I mean, you're, you're in Florida or you're looking to go to school in Florida, Ave Maria University is down in Southern Florida, down by Naples. Um, and there are other alternatives that you could choose from that maybe don't have the same name value or something like that. But if you're looking for a good education, you can find it. If you're a little more choosy at schools that don't have these type of bad policies. So those are my thoughts, and I'm really happy for you, and I'm really, really happy that God led you in our direction and you discovered Relevant Radio. So glad you're here with us. Let's go to Miguel now in Los Angeles. Hi, Miguel.
5: Hello. I was born in Mexico, and I speak Spanish, and when okay. it was found out that Biden was going to be the new president, the cartels started to tell the people across the border and here, that it's time to get ready. This president's going to let everybody in.
2: Mm. The cartels were telling that to the common folk. Yeah. So, what was their reason? I don't doubt you, Miguel. But what was what do you think the reason was for them to say this to get people ready to get up and go into the U.S. or what?
5: Uh, yes, yeah, they were telling them right now is the time to be able to cross the border. The president's going to let us all in. And, and and especially the children. He was saying, if we take the children in, later on they're going to let the parents in. Yeah. And yeah. They, and and of course they were doing it because they charged $10,000 per person. But why would they say that when they found out that Biden was going to be the new president? As soon as they found out, mm-hmm. right here in my neighborhood, everywhere. I, I'm a Mexican and I, I go with Mexicans and I go to Mexican restaurants and uh, I associate with Mexicans all day long. And we found out, hey, it's time to bring the cousins and the uncles and everybody because Biden's going to let people in. And
2: now, what was I the reaction?
5: Why I was saying it, but,
2: uh, yeah. So what was the reaction from your fellow Mexicanos? What were they saying or doing or what was their reaction when they heard this?
5: I was surprised that some of the Mexicans were telling me they were upset that Biden was winning and they wanted Trump to be the president because they said the jobs were better for the Mexicans. Everything was better when Trump was the president. Hmm. And, hmm. Uh, and and we I mean, most of us did not agree with what the cartels were ready to, um, to get to do. But uh, that's what they were saying, you know.
2: Do you think that the cartels can be wiped out, or do you think that they're just going to be a permanent fixture in Mexico forever?
5: Well, you got to remember that Mexico is, what, 900 years old, and 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 it's been the same way for 900 years.
2: Well, I mean, how do you mean 900 years? I mean, the Republican government of Mexico goes back to 1867. So it's yes. been around a while in this form, but uh, what do you? What's the point you're making about 900 years? I don't follow. I mean, there hasn't been there haven't I mean, been drug cartels for nine 900 years, have there? No, but the corruption existed
5: all forever. Corruption in in the Mexican government in the in the Mexican uh, system is been corrupted for since it was founded.
2: Yeah, that's in the true.
5: Aztec, at the, Hispanics and everything is being corruption. The ones that paid the price are the small people, the you know, the people that don't have any anything to do with that corruption, but we just paid the price. People pay the price.
2: Yeah. Do you go back to Mexico much?
5: I used to, not anymore because I'm already seventy five years old and mm-hmm. most of my relatives are dying. And so, basically, I don't have anything to to go for over there.
2: Yeah, it, plus it's dangerous. I mean, you probably would be okay, but traveling, you know, in, in those border states, well, it's uh, not safe. The last,
5: time I, the last time I went, I think it was by the grace of God that I came back alive because the federal, the federales and, And uh, everybody was just stopping us because we were driving a nice pickup truck. And they were stopping us. They actually wanted to take the truck away from us. i bet they did. Uh, And that's when I asked to be taken to an American consulate. And I guess that's why they left me alone. But I thought they were going to just, you know, take it away and probably Mm. kill it or something.
2: Well, I'm glad you made it home safely, Miguel.
5: I'm glad to. Well, thank you.
2: Okay. Well, thank you for the insights. Thank you for the conversation. I'm glad you called in today. Thank you. Let's go to Patrick in Monterey, California. Hi, Patrick.
6: Hi. Uh, thanks, Patrick. Sure. Um, good discussion. I've been listening for the most part of the two days, and I think pretty much everybody's missing the point. Okay. Um. If, if the Democrats win in 2024, the, all these immigrants in the next four years will become citizens. Mm-hmm. When those citizens become Democrats, our nation is over, and will be a one-party system from here on out. So, and this isn't done intentionally, and all the countries in the whole world will be—it'll um, be a one globalist
2: a lot of people who really really would like to have that happen Patrick that's for sure um for my part <clears throat> I have been talking about that repeatedly just pointing out the obvious that if the people coming up through the borders into the u.s routinely voted Republican uh, there there would be a wall there and the and the Democrats would build it It'd be a mile high and a mile deep, and they would make sure that nobody got across the border if they were coming in and voting pro-life and voting Republican, etc. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan of the Republican Party. That's not the point I'm trying to make here. I'm, I'm not shilling for Republicans or anything like that. But the political point that, or the point you're making about the political power in place, these are fresh potential voters for the Democratic Party. And they know that. And so, oddly enough, if you want another take on this, Patrick, tell me what you think, is that it tends to be the case that the people who settle down and marry and have a bunch of kids are not Democrats. By and large, Democratic folk in this country, at least, they buy into, ideologically, they buy into the abortion thing, they buy into the contraception thing, they buy into the LGBTQ thing. Yeah, maybe it's not for me personally, but I'm okay with it. So generally speaking, ideologically speaking, people who are who are Democrat in their outlook in life and the way they vote, they're not producing a lot of new Democrats. They're not raising up big families of Democrat kids who are going to take their place and vote Democrat. So the people who are conservative and, and by and large on the religious side, those are the people who among those who are having large families and lots of kids, raising them traditional, raising them conservative, um, they would tend to vote Republican. So it makes sense to me, Patrick, and I'd like to know what you think. It makes sense to me that even at that level, if you realize, well, we're just not having enough kids among Democratic voters, uh, let's import a bunch of people who we know will vote Democratic. Is that part of what you're talking about? Because I see that.
6: Yeah, I get that, but I think you're still, the outlook is too small. There will never be a Republican administration if they win this next election.
2: Maybe, maybe not.
6: They've got the government, they've got the media, they've got the intel, technology.
2: So let's think think worst case here, Patrick. Let's think worst case for a second here. You know, what's the old saying? uh, Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. So let's assume that it goes worst case and there is an even more left-wing government elected. That doesn't mean that we stop fighting the good fight, as St. Paul described it. It doesn't mean that we stop, you know, speaking the truth and trying to convert hearts and help people. We, We still need to continue doing all those things, even if this government goes further in the wrong direction. I mean, so in other words, it's not game over. There's still work to do. There's still good that we can do, even if it goes in that direction, don't you think?
6: I think you're missing the point. I think if it becomes (laughs) the the next election, Uh because, yeah, of course, the fight's going to go on. Everything you said is right. Yeah. But if we lose this next election, it will be Democrats
2: from here on out. Yeah, I get it. I see that point. What what about that am I missing? How am I missing that point? Patrick we're talking about that. Aren't you and I talking about it right now? All right. I'm 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 with you. I'm trying to work morning, with you here. I'm trying to figure out you said three times I'm missing the point. I'm not sure what point it is that I'm missing.
6: No, I said you're also, everything you said is true, but um, okay. I think it's bigger.
2: I think it's okay. bigger. Take it to the
6: next two steps.
2: So let's say that globalism really kicks into high gear, and we, we no longer really have sovereignty in this country. And right, it's exactly. it's the people above, you know, Davos and above them, exactly. and they're now running the show. Okay, let Okay, I see that. So my take on that is it could happen. I hope it doesn't. Could happen, and We're that's only why I'm the
6: nation s- in the world that has mm-hmm. guns. There's no guns in China. The people don't have guns. They don't have them in Canada. Yeah. They don't have them in England. They don't have them in Russia.
2: No, I get it. I I understand those you things. So, by media. so how would you complete that sentence then? So, therefore, what? Fill in the blank for me.
6: We need to make sure that the stop the border immediately, Abbott I give kudos to Abbott. You've got that these Republicans are just too weak and stop it and help it and um can't get they can't get citizenship for ten years. Seven is I think is the normalization.
2: Well, all I'm advocating for, Patrick, and maybe we do agree pretty much. On most of these things, I'm just advocating for don't lose your hope, and don't uh, don't despair. Because let's say things do go down the tubes in the next election, or the election after that, or the election after that, we still have to live in this world and do the best we can in the meantime. That's all I'm arguing for. Let's not lose all hope, because there's plenty of hope and encouragement to go around. Right, Cyrus? Hope and encourage. This is a good song, by the way. On point. This hour is sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com.
0: This is The Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio and (laughs) RelevantRadio.com.
2: Two, two recorders. And, uh, it sounds like two birds are fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two dying, two dying. And one of them birds. is losing. <laughs> I think we're all losing. Oh, you found you struck gold. sir it's gold. What was that email? Who who emailed the <laughs> the Fox Fanfare <laughs> to us? earlier she started it. So blame blame her or Blank, thank her. Let's thank her again. Was it Robin? I think I, or who that might have it? been. It, yeah. That's funny. Who comes up with this stuff? I don't know, but thank you. I don't even know what's happening now. <laughs> All right, no more. That's no more. I can only take so much. Okay, imagine taking a road trip with your kids in the in the family truckster, and that music is blaring out the speakers. For your 12 hour family ride.
1: I've let the children control the stereo on road trips, and I would rather listen to that flute music for 12 <laughs> hours than
2: some of the stuff they've put me through. Oh, let's see. Wow, that's amazing. Um, let's see. Ruben, he writes in and he's in Riverside, California. He says, Yesterday you had a caller named I I think he says Eileen. He wrote it, Eileen, and he says, you didn't play Come On, Eileen, so just don't, he says, don't leave me hanging. I mean, you always do, Wake Up Maggie. Well, Reuben, let me instruct you, sir. It's, I, is it Eileen? Come On, Eileen. That's the De- Dexie's Midnight Runners. They're one hit song that I know of. So I guess in Ruben's honor, Cyrus, at some point, you'll have to keep listening, Ruben, because I can't guarantee you when this will happen, but you'll have to play Maggie for, for him at some point. No, you didn't have to play this. Oh, he wants Maggie. At some point. Oh, we have, all right. We can do that whenever. Uh, Dave in Texas writes in about the border security and immigration issue. He says, I work the Texas-Mexico border as a federal security officer. This presidential administration is showing that border security isn't a priority. Um, Governor Abbott has done a great job, has, let's see, Governor Abbott has done great slowing the influx of illegal immigrants and this president wants to strip it away. Please come to our great nation, but do it the proper and legal way. Yeah, I concur with that, Dave. We should be generous and welcoming, but we also should have, you know, sensible rules. Thank you for that. Um, This is from... This is from Terence, listening in Maine. He says, some years ago, while carrying the U.S. mail, I would listen to talk radio on a little pocket transistor radio. An agricultural employer once called a radio host and opined that a reason for hiring illegal aliens has nothing to, to do necessarily with agricultural work. It was that the U.S. had an, had abortion on demand for so long that the necessary labor is no longer there. And he he goes into talking about the Reagan administration, et etc. Well, interesting stuff, T- Terrence. Thank you for taking time to write to me, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Jeff, you've been waiting a long time in Plymouth, Pennsylvania. Thank you for your patience and welcome.
4: Yeah, thank you, Patrick. Sure. <clears throat> uh, just to switch subjects a little bit. Um, sure. I've recently come back to the church after a forty-plus year hiatus. <laughs> welcome home. A lot of yeah, thanks. Doing a lot of digging, a lot of research and. I've seen some stuff and I'm really intrigued about the Shroud of Turin, some new mm-hmm. evidence that proves its validity. And um, then I, I, I got a real, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Padre Pio. And as far mm-hmm. as I know, I, it's hard to see from the few pictures I have of Pio, but the stigmata that he shows are on his palms, but the shroud shows scars on the wrists. Mm-hmm. I'm a little just, it's a mystery to me. I, I just wonder what your thoughts are on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I've wondered about that too. So I'm just pulling up a picture of the shroud right now. And uh, the the splotches where the blood would be, sort of like a photographic negative when you look at it from that perspective, uh, it appears as though it's like right at the, at the juncture in the wrist, right at the juncture mm-hmm. of the hand and the forearm. Um, but it, it's hard to know whether or not that's exactly where the nail... Um, would have come out. So, if it had been hammered in, let's say it was hammered at an angle, it's such mm-hmm. a terrible thing to to think about, isn't it? But let's say it, it was really hammered is. in at an angle, it could have gone in through the wrist and come out in the palm. In other words, it, it could be because you're looking at the 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 top part of the wrist. Yes. Because his hands are folded over his belly, so. From that vantage point, it does clearly look as though the hole is in the wrist, but I wonder if if the nail had gone in at an angle, it could have emerged from the palm, in which case you would have seen, if you were looking at the palms, you would have seen the nail prints in the palm. Now, what I find interesting about this is the biblical account sheds a little light on this. So if we look at John chapter 20, when Jesus appears... Um, to the apostles and gives them the authority to forgive sins. We see in verse 24, now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see in his hands, the print of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. So, Then we see when Jesus appears the next time, verse 27, he says to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands, Mm -hmm. and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. So I don't think that that necessarily, you know, it's not conclusive proof, but the fact that he says hands as opposed to wrists seems to suggest that maybe there's a way to reconcile this, that the nail prints could easily have appeared in the palms, even though the nail may have penetrated in the wrist. Does that make sense?
4: Right. It does. It does. My thought was that, um, you know, the, the displayed position of his body on the cross with his arms mm-hmm. spread eagle, um, I, I'm sure they would have tied him to the tr- to the cross first. I, I, well, no, I don't know. I'm thinking no, I they think would so. have tied him to the cross. Yeah, and yeah, no, I think you you're know. right.
2: And the reason because of the weight of the body could pull so that the the nails would not be able to hold the body to the to the cross. But um, in any case, go well, ahead, that's, Jeff.
4: That's the thing. That, that's the argument that, that they make that the weight of the body would have pulled through the fingers if the, if the fingers were splayed vertically. Yeah, I could see that that the gravity could pull straight vertically down through the through the fingers and and pull the nail out. But if his hand was splayed, a like spread eagle on, on a forty five degree angle, say, maybe there's enough friction and tension in there to keep him from falling down. And um, and it's possible that the the scar in the wrist, uh, I, well, yeah, the angle of the pin possibly is, is why the blood on the shroud shows on the top of the wrist. And I, I'm just really hopeful that <laughs> I, I want them both to be true. <laughs> I, yeah. I appreciate what Thomas said in there, unless I can touch the holes in his hands um I understand that and appreciate it and, and I know that's a reference in the Bible but mm-hmm. just I want that shroud to be real for in the worst way and it just yeah. it just doesn't uh jive with what I what I see on
2: that Fair thing. enough. Yeah, I, I don't um I don't dispute that it I mean you would think that if you were expecting to see the nail prints in the hands then it would be in the back of his hand as well. I suppose this is one of those mysteries we'll have to wait and find out when we get to heaven. Now this of course is assuming that the shroud is authentic. I believe it is. Um, and like you, I hope that it is, but even if it weren't, um, I I think the point that you're making is worthy of consideration. So I'm glad you brought it up, Jeff.
4: Okay. Great. And by the way, I I totally agree with you on the border. It's a crime and, and a tragedy, what's going on there. And it's, um, it needed to stop, and you know, I, 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 I just, um, I just can't see how any, any Catholic Joe Biden could allow this to happen. And same thing with abortion: how can any Catholic allow abortion to be acceptable? Uh, the, the, yeah. the, the breaching of our borders and the disregard for life on the Democrat side—it doesn't happen on the Republican side. I'm, I'm so no. sorry to go political, but it, it's just.
2: I I would I would propose that there are plenty of abortions that take place among Republicans who, you know, we can't have shame come to the family and the the parents pressure their daughter to get an abortion Mm -hmm. or, you know, when you get right down to it. I mean, take a look at this, for example, we've seen I don't want to mention any names, but we've seen um, examples just in the last year or so of uh, conservative Republican, let's say, candidates for office who it has been alleged paid for abortions with girlfriends Mm. and things like that. And yet they're publicly out there speaking against abortion. So I would say that although the pro-abortion mindset is enshrined in the democratic platform and the democratic mindset in this country, I'm talking about the Democrats, um, it's alive and well, but not enshrined formally in the minds of many people who would identify as republican but when push comes to shove they would have an abortion or they would pay for an abortion you know that's sad that's sad just like i hate to put too fine a point on it jeff but let's talk about quote unquote conservative figures in this country um, people who head up different packs, for example, or people who are running for office, for example, or, or groups that band together like Moms for, fill in the blank, you know, conservative values. And, mm-hmm. and you find that some of those very people who are publicly opposing some of these social ills are secretly practicing them in the background. Ooh. Those kind of things happen, sadly, and That's why I'm saying I think there's plenty of blame to go around. Fair enough,
4: fair enough. Thank you very much for your time. And Cyrus as well, you guys are great. Thanks, Jeff.
2: Yeah, We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll go to, let's see, let's go to Lucy in Indiana. Hi, Lucy.
7: Hey, Patrick. Um, Yes, hi. I just need your help. I'm trying to reconcile my feelings. My dad got here as an illegal alien. Okay. And um, he... He became a citizen, he married and became a citizen uh, eventually, but I don't like what's happening at the border. And I Mm -hmm. feel a little bit like a hypocrite because I had the fortune, my dad was fortunate to be here. He made a good life for us. Um, He was a hard worker, never was a burden on society. And so how can I reconcile that?
2: Well, it seems to me, number one, to Recognize the fact that you can't change the past. So hypocrisy would be in the now, in in the moment, if you're saying one thing and doing the opposite. Let's say that you're out there giving chastity talks to high school kids and things like that. But in your own life, you were doing things that were directly opposed to chastity. That would be an example of hypocrisy. So it's to be a hypocrite means in the here and now. You're doing something contrary to what you're publicly saying. But in this case, you, you're you not being a hypocrite. You're benefiting from the good ways that your life turned out, even though your father was here illegally. And we don't condemn him for that, but that's, just, that's what happened. So I don't see where you could be guilty of hypocrisy because you're not doing something. You didn't have control over that either. You, you were born when you were born and how and where and you're just living your life. And it just so happens that you're benefiting in a way that started off with you know, illegal. Let's put it a different way. Let's say that instead of an immigration issue, let's say that your mother, God forbid, had been raped. And so the manner of your conception came about as a result of something terribly illegal. You're not a hypocrite if you're living a happy life, and your you know your life is good even though the way your life started wasn't good. You see what I'm saying?
7: Absolutely. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's just why um shouldn't these people have the same opportunity you know that that opportunity to come and have a better life here in the United States.
2: I think they should. Uh, I'd like to see as many people that we can accommodate come in. But there is a kind of practical reality, and that is that we can only handle so much. So you know how it is with your own budget, Lucy. You know how much money you have to spend each month. It would be nice if you could spend twice that amount of money, but you don't have that amount of money. So you have to live within your means. And it's similar to that. We we can't accommodate everybody, So we do the best we can, or in, you know, we should do the best we can, but we also have to realize that there are limitations on resources and space and things like that. So we do the best we can. I think that's the best way to approach it. We try as best we can. And
7: that makes sense, especially with the high inflation that we have. That makes sense. Okay. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much, Patrick.
2: You are most welcome. Great chatting with you. And, uh, welcome to america i know you were born here but
0: (laughs) i'm glad to be here here.
2: (laughs) me too yeah thank you lucy thank you for that i don't think we've got time to go to another phone call i just don't think we can wouldn't be prudent at this juncture so not going to do it but thank you to all of you who are man has got to know his limitations oh wait a minute i can do this joe in rhode island oops joe in rhode island dropped did you drop joe what happened Oh, darn. Oh, well, I was going to try to squeeze Joe and Rhode Island in real quick, but that's not happening now. Wouldn't
7: be prudent at this juncture.
2: That's true. (sighs) Well, there's the music. We did it again, and I look forward to doing it again and again and again. We'll do it again soon. And in the meantime, thank you for listening to Relevant Radio. Get that app downloaded on your phone. Tell your friends about Relevant Radio. Tell your friends about the Relevant Radio app. And please don't forget to pray for me, and I certainly won't forget to pray for you. God bless you.
4: I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast. Now!